Well, David, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me. Great to see you again. Very busy here, back to normal, right? At, yes. the, uh, at ASU GSV. Um, no more masks, no more, it kind of just seems, versus last August, yes. as we were saying, was a little a little bit more strange than, right. than now, good, right? Good to be here. I think a bigger crowd as well. Yeah. And it seems that, that you're uh, you're quite busy with a number of sessions. T- talk a little bit about your uh, partnership here and what you're doing. Sure. So we are here. We're in partnership with Education Design Lab. Um, they have a curriculum of uh, 21st century skills content that they work with partners like community colleges, for example, to um, deliver and then offer credentials to students. Um, we're partnering with them to build assessments for all of those 21st century skills, like critical thinking, creative problem solving, uh, and really helping automate those assessments and make them more scalable and easier to build. And uh, is that the intention for the, the schools themselves to be developing their uh, assessment platforms? Talk a little bit about what, what the intention is. Sure. So no, actually in this case, we and EDL are partnering on developing those uh, assessments for the schools, okay. for the partners that they that use those. Okay. Um, they're also being used as part of a project called X-Credit, which is, uh, stands for Experience Credit. Uh, it's, it's funded by the Walmart Foundation, and it's a it's a way to provide prior learning assessments for people who, who need to credential their skills so they can get better jobs. Okay. Um, so many disruptions over the past two years to, to everything, and specifically in education. Talk about the disruptions from your perspective, and when you talk about, I mean, obviously, even before the pandemic, with uh, when I think about the Varsity Blues scandal, when I think about some of the other traditional, you know, well, then you had the state standards that all went out the window in 2020, yeah. right? Uh, so a disrupt, disruption in the assessment space. Talk about where it is. I mean, what is the state of play right now in terms of the, the efforts that you're putting together? I think that a lot of forced experimentation happened in those last two years. You know, we talk a lot about people being forced online. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of um, uh, standardized tests were waived as entry requirements. So now we have all this information from two years of trying something different, which we didn't have for the previous hundred. Right. Um, it's and, like it was the great beta test, right? Right. Right. And yeah. so now people are. I think now people are looking back and going, "Okay, what worked? What didn't? What yeah. can be different?" You know, we already had the trend of college becoming unaffordable for many people, um, but without a college credential. There's no other credential you could get that would help you get a job. So you're, yeah. either you're a college grad or not. Right. That binary thing is breaking down, I think, is one of the structures we're seeing and the rise of micro-credentials and other ways to yes. uh, credential your skills. Yeah, yeah. So we're going uh, more towards a mastery-based sort of uh, sentiment when it comes to measuring people's accomp- accomplishments. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly our perspective on it. Yeah. Um, and I know Education Design Labs as well. And um, moving away from kind of the blunt instrument of the college degree, which still has value, and so I think people get a lot out of it. Yeah. But enumerating what skills is that are, is that giving you, and then also giving you other pathways to get those skills as well. Right. Now, um, you know, education as a whole sometimes has a reputation of being hesitant for using new technologies and, and yeah. behaviors. Yeah. Higher education, I think, especially amongst those, seems to be the the the, 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 the laggard when it comes to those sort of adoptions. Uh, has that sort has that culture changed at all because of the pandemic in terms of uh, people wanting to try new things? I think it's loosening. I think what we see, because we've worked a lot with the two and four year universities yeah. over our life, um, they're experimenting more and more, especially in the community colleges, with yes. um, providing these sorts of pathways and credentials to students. Um, but there's also a lot of alternate providers who are coming up who aren't universities who are saying, look, we, we can provide these educational programs that will, or training programs that will give you these credentials as well. And so there's yeah. sort of competitive pressure there, but also a desire in the, in the incumbent universities to, to do this as well. Right. And I know in previous conversations that we've had, we've talked about the idea of simulation and a lot of augmented reality and, and, and virtual reality and that sort of, uh, those sort of techniques. Talk a little bit about where we are in that stage. Um, are we 
Are we going to have students wearing their Oculus goggles taking the <laughs> test anytime soon? Well, okay, so we're moving to a skills-based sort of hiring system. Yes. We need to then move forward to a skills-based education and assessment system. Simulations, I think, have a great role to play to help um, make that assessment scalable. Assessing skills is, is difficult to do manually. Yes. Simulations help do that better. And AR, VR really give another level of fidelity to that. Um, we see more adoption on the corporate training side for that right now than in traditional education because okay. of the hardware issues and the cost issues, sure. the access issues. Sure. But it, I think it's all coming. Yeah. Uh, how does um, the idea of accessibility and equity work into all of these things? Because um, that's been another great disruption uh, yep. that occurred. Yep. Um, talk a little bit about uh, that and the intentions of trying to make assessment something that is more equitable. Yeah, and you know, equity and access has been a big theme even here this week. Yeah. Um, and it's one thing that we really like. Education Design Lab has equity as one of their core mission statements. Yeah. Um, we love being associated with that. Yeah. Um, and, and really, the, the skills-based hiring in education comes down to, it's an equity issue because it means more people can get credentialed for skills they have and get better jobs. It's gotcha. the only way to get credentialed for better skills to get a bachelor's degree. That's out of reach for a lot of people. It's an yeah. increasing yeah. number of people, I would say. Right. Um, so the equity issue is that I can now go for a much more modest cost and time commitment to get a credential for something very targeted to the next job I want. I want to go, the example I always heard from Penn Foster was, you know, I work the front desk at CVS and I want to work the pharmacy counter. Like, that's the next step up. And that's a big pay, curve, pay raise. Right. But how do I get the credentials to get that job? Right, so, right. And that can happen through these new platforms. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, do you see that those professional learning sort of techniques eventually seeping down into... Higher ed? Absolutely. And yeah. so what we're seeing a lot, and Western Governors has been very vocal about this, is, is even just traditional higher ed degree programs want to enumerate the skills that you're getting as you go through those courses. And so yeah. they're, they're putting them on their outcomes, skills outcomes on their courses, they're doing skills assessments, and possibly will even credential you for those skills along the way to your bachelor's degree. Okay. All right. Well, now, as we kind of enter whatever this new normal <laughs> normally is, um, what do you see going forward? What, what discoveries and innovations that occurred during that great beta test do you think are going to stick? I mean, uh, we're, we can't go back to the way it was, right? Yeah. I mean, some things have gone on. Give, give me your kind of uh, your crystal ball in terms of <laughs> where uh, these technologies become more of a utility versus just a novelty. I think online learning being, being used at such a great scale found places where it can really be used more than it was before the pandemic. Okay. But, you know, so people are saying, oh, okay, online learning, which isn't always, wasn't always great during the pandemic, you know, Zoom calls instead of in class wasn't right. necessarily great. But because online learning does work in a lot of other situations, it opens up, again, equity issues and access issues for people who just, it was not physically possible for them to go spend four years in a classroom somewhere. Right. Um, now they have more pathways that are going to, it's just exploding. I mean, you can't walk anywhere here without hearing those skills. Right. And it's, I didn't hear skills three years ago. No one was talking about right. that. Right. So. And I guess all our behaviors uh, have been uh, attuned <laughs> to it where, you know, trying to get us on a Zoom call three years ago would have been pretty difficult. Now yeah. no one thinks twice, right? I never used to turn my camera on, and yeah. now it's like, that's yeah. just the norm. So if, if nothing else comes out of this, we've got that, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, David, yeah. thank you so much for your time and for your insights. It's great, great. to see you. Thanks, Kevin. Bye.